everyone and thank you so very much for joining me on another episode of talking cloud man i'm so excited you know this is where we talk about cloud anything cloud all things cloud and man oh man the word is just so enormous today and expanding and growing more and more and more now i've said it before you know i am no expert but i do know where to find them and man we got a really awesome guest today you know i I always make a point of uh, of kind of going through and, and talking about the multiple roles and different companies that my guests have uh, been at. And I have to say that this will probably be one of the easiest, quickest introductions ever, because when he first started, he was a security analyst, then director of a security team, then director of security engineering then principal technical director for security but then it keeps going director product marketing security sales security services focused on government director security center of excellence all at the same company one you know, you've heard of, you may be their customer. I know I am, AT&T. I'm so excited to have a chance to talk. I've been trying to run this guy down for a while. He'll know, or he'll admit, I know. Terry Hecht, Terry, I'm so excited to have you on the program. Thank you very much for taking some time out, man. Hey, Grant, thank you very much for having me. I know uh, we've been trying to do this for quite a while and I, I appreciate your patience here. Hey, I know you're busier than a three-headed cat at a bird show, man. I know you got lots going on. Why don't you take a second, Terry, and just talk a little bit about that journey that's been, um, you know, a few years, looks like more than two decades, as you've navigated AT&T. So, yep, it's, uh, it's been just over 20 years here at AT&T. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I took the same route that many of our peers in the industry took, right? I, I started my career early. I was in the military staring at screens, trying to ch chase down the bad guys. Um, right around uh, 2000, I got a call from a recruiter. And at the time, the telco was looking for someone to run their security operations center and, and uh, start up a SOC. Um, that was really what I wanted to go do. Um, so I, I took a swing at the, at the ball. I got, got lucky. Uh, I may have, may have got a foul, but I got I got the job to create a team to hire, recruit, train, you know, a brand new organization within a large company. It was very yeah. very much the startup mentality, uh, and I spent I spent a long time there, five or six years uh, in the beginning of that process, and at the end of it, um, I was asked to go. Uh, Help create the sales organization uh, around cybersecurity. 
uh, I was a little iffy on which side of the fence I would land. Uh, so they, they decided that, Terry, you, you would be best on the engineering side. So I initially came over and, and again, from scratch, built an engineering team that I would, I would rate as second to nobody in, in the cyber industry. They're, they're an exceptional group of telco engineers that focus on cybersecurity. I'm extremely proud of that world-class team that, that is with me. Many of them I hired initially in, in 2000 have been with me ever since. We've been together for over 20 years as, a, as an operating team. I'm very wow. proud of that. that, that that's a testament to, uh, clearly to the environment that you've created. That's great retention, especially yeah, in the cybersecurity space, man. It, it is. Well, we get, we get the same group as everybody else that may want to go start up go to a startup and see if they can they can hit it big and if they if they don't they come back right if you're if you're a good engineer you've always got a home somewhere uh, in the industry that's that's for sure they're hard to find um, and I've kind of been in that role in and out of that role in some way capacity for the last 15 18 years uh, in the engineering role running the engineering team or or as a sales leader uh, selling the same services so I like to bounce a bit back and forth. I think technologists in the engineering space make the very best salespeople. We don't require a ton historically of additional support, right? They can go, you know, on their own to a customer site and do not only the value prop, but the whiteboard, technical merit selling, right? And, and close those deals down. So I find them very valuable, very talented yep. group of men and women that, that work with me. So that, that, that's as simple as it gets, Grant, quite frankly. Um, as you know, I bleed blue. I'm, I'm an AT&T guy through and through. That's all I do. Um, it's been a great, a great run from, you know, premise-based security with firewalls and intrusion detection and, and web proxies, you know, to where I'm talking cloud today with the cloud guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. It's been, a, it's been a great journey. It's Unbelievable, and and I have to, you know, hats off to AT and T. In fact, I think I had um, Ed Amoruso as yeah. uh, one of my guests, and I remember specifically the commercial that was coming out. That I it still sticks in my mind because it depicted this environment that I just never imagined, and it was. You know, imagine sitting on the beach doing your email. You will, right? It was, I think, something like that, right? And it happened. Yeah. Um, but what's really been remarkable, I think, about AT&T is how they've successfully managed to navigate and pivot as the industry has changed. I mean, come on, telephone to IP, you know, that's huge. Uh, but this, uh, this transformation isn't stopping, right? The, the telecommunications industry, we have got, we've got to continue to transform, continue to rebuild ourselves, right? Uh, the creators around content, the creators around data are forcing us to relook at how the network is architected, how to deliver more and more content. I wish I could pull from memory the explosive growth that we've had in the last 10 years, right? It, it is such a, such a mind boggling number that, that you hardly believe it's true, but it's tens of thousands of percent growth, right? Since the advent, right? When the iPhone hit the street, 
yep. like that very next year, the amount of traffic, yep. you know, went through the roof, right? It's just hard to put your hands in, you know, or easier to say, you can't wrap your head around it, nope. right? It's 400 petabytes a day <laughs> or more every day to go over the backbone. And the vast majority is content, right? You know, 15, 18 years ago, it was single-digit petabytes, and it was mostly voice. Now it's it's not even a rounding error in the volume. So we've had to reshape and rebuild and retool and re-educate and retrain the entire company around mm-hmm. uh, this new lifestyle that, that consumers and businesses want, where data is instant, freely available, securely available to you or an I, uh, and protected. It is an amazing transformation. Yep, it really is. I really do think AT&T has parlayed themselves successfully to to continue to be a key component. Can't get there without you, right? I mean, I I need you. um, But how you've successfully created business around that core function, the services that you lead for example, right? Uh, those have obviously become tantamount now because of ransomware and all of the other threats that now are getting a little, they're so much more mainstream, aren't they, Terry? I mean, every hospital on the planet didn't have to really uh, worry about getting attacked like they do today. You know, unfortunately, um, I think we're almost immune now to the crisis that ransomware presents, mm-hmm. right? It's at a crisis level, mm. right? The, the explosive nature and, and the ease in which you can cause tremendous amounts of damage to any organization um, has, has come up to such a crisis that our customers, your customers, right? Enterprises, small, large, they're really not sure what they're looking at, how to, yep. how to defend against something that's faceless and, right. and has no reason behind it, yep. right? Your, your reason could be you're, you're in the wrong IP block <laughs> and someone attacked some set of IP addresses and yours just happened to be one of them, right? right? Someone sent out 5,000 emails and they just happened to send a few of them to some of your employees. And all of a sudden, you're on you're on the front page of you know the Columbus Express newspaper, or whatever yep. town or city you're from. That right, your all of your computers are now locked up. You're a school district in in nowhere, Kansas, and your students have no access to yep. technology. It's it's all gone. All the student files are encrypted. You're, God forbid. Mm. Uh, you're a small healthcare organization that has no access to any of the medical tools they need to keep people alive. We're in a crisis, and we've got to work together, right? Small companies, large companies, government agencies, nation states need to work together, right? We, we can no longer afford the damage, right, the risk to life that we have today. Yeah, boy, it's so true. I've said for a long time, you know, it's remarkable how far threats have evolved. 
right? I mean, if you think about the early, early days, it was an irritant on the screen and you just would have to reboot and, you know, maybe delete some stupid uh, file that's hidden somewhere at DLL or something, right? And, and now, you know, we've moved through kinetic damage and are literally at life and death, all from this thing called cyber. It's interesting, I, a statistic that um, I recall this year, I believe it was, I believe it was first quarter, uh, first or second quarter, the number of phishing attacks went up 3,900%. And, and largely, you know, it, we think anyway, it's attributed to the fact that there's so many more people now working remote, right? Everyone for the most part, that that surface area immediately has gotten so enormous and it just takes one of them, right? It only takes one. Yeah, that's, that's, that is sure. I, I was at a customer event a couple of weeks ago speaking to a number of our customers and, and my comment to them was there are, there are really two threat vectors into your network. There's email and then there's everything else. Uh, and that's really, in my mind, a percentage of, of attention right, mm -hmm. that we should be showing to this one topic, right? I think uh, email's critical to, to the business, but as we move more and more to collaboration tools, I think we're going to ease off in, in the upcoming years on how much real email volume is shared, uh, especially internally. I know my email usage internally to my organization is nearly zero. Hmm. Uh, so I expect that most of the communication we're going to be getting now is going to be external to internal, which is which is far easier to manage um, and protect from. So I think that we've got a chance to get through this. It's just going to take uh, that shift in technology to move away from you know, a strictly port 25 kind of technology. Are you using various uh, collaboration tools, things like Slack and uh, other tools yeah, like absolutely. that? Yeah, all, absolutely. All of the all the corporate all of the uh, above. WebEx teams, Microsoft teams, Slack, the whole, mm -hmm. right? we, we have access to all of them. Those are, those are by far the, the communication channel of choice these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how many other organizations are as progressive. I suspect there are some, but I know for myself, we still, uh, we still do a fair amount of email. But that's also, I think, uh, what, what uh, you're grinning. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm happy to set up a consulting engagement and come and bring you checkpoint guys up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I knew I could count on you, Terry, for any consulting services. I, I, I've got you on speed dial. <laughs> uh, you know, it's actually, um, it is the single you know, I mean, it is the killer app uh, today, for, far and away. And these collaboration tools are certainly uh, gaining a lot of popularity. Uh, but I think so many of us have email outside of work. Yeah. That is oh, how we, yeah, that's right. you know, and, and that's three, three email accounts on the go all the time. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I think our acquisition of Avanon, maybe that was quite a move. congratulations yeah thanks i think that was a brilliant move and in fact the technology underneath is not just you know it's not like it's just pop three <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's mm -hmm. it's not just email there's much more of an as a service capability that comes along with the technology so 
I think that that was a very critical play, but I think it also is demonstrable of how large that vector uh, represents in terms of how uh, the bad stuff gets in. It's it's just it enormous, right? I it mean, is. you're it, it the is. way you explained it. I think time. I'm going to take that if that's okay, because it really is email and everything else, right? I mean, and 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 the everything else is a lot of different things, but it still doesn't equal email. The pure volume of threats that propagate. Right. right. So we've all got to be on the lookout for. You know, front door, back door, side door, window access. Yeah. Uh, but normally someone's ringing your doorbell and asking to come in and we're letting the bad guys through the door. Yeah, that social engineering or some variation or something. Although, you know, you, to, you know what? I, yeah, I, no, still, I, I can't believe it. I just got one of these the other day. I, I'm still amazed people are sending these that, you know, a, a prince has $60 million and he wants to give, he wants to give me 20% of it. Um, just follow just for, up. Just for saying hello. Yeah. I mean, I was just amazed that they're still casting uh, that lure, but you know, there must be a reason. Well, right? think, think about, about exploits. How many times we reuse some old exploit and repackage it and and re-weaponize it in a different way right uh over and over and over and over again flaws that should have been taken care of years ago that were repackaging those things yep. right? and knowing knowing that those vulnerabilities still exist within the infrastructure and taking advantage of it weaponizing something that you know the cde came out eight years ago yep. for that Linux version, but we know it's still out there. Yep. We're going to take advantage of it again. Yep. And they just spray to a large enough sampling. Yeah, that... I, only, I only need one. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the horrible odds that we're up against, uh, that it's 100% to just a fraction of a percent, mm -hmm. right? When you look at the volume um, that they're putting out. And it seems like, you know, the this is something, you know, I guess hats off to Gil uh, because he's been predicting it for a while. And that's this this new era of a highly connected world where the attacks become multi-vector and very compounded. You know, it's not just a single spear, but it's it's almost like remember that game mousetrap <laughs> that yeah. you know had all these things that would kick off and then oh there uh, that was what triggered it it seems like that's where we are today that makes it much more difficult but i for the everyday customer but i would think upstream to an organization like you guys your value to me seems even greater now because you're able to hopefully help me with that stuff before it gets to me right premise of, of moving to the cloud to keep as much malicious traffic off the network as you can, clean it as far away from any sensitive uh, infrastructure as you can, um, and maintain that, that second layer of protection, right? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see any time fast um, customers eliminating premise-based security. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see that in, in many of my customers where they're they're going 100% one way or the other. I think mm -hmm. almost exclusively it's an entirely a hybrid approach 
we're taking the best protection uh, tools we can, both on-prem and in the cloud, and, and leveraging them together. And I, today, I, I think that's the answer, right? That's the right answer. You can't uh, flip that switch. There's lots of compelling technology today, some super fantastic cloud-based as-a-service tools, but they're not going to solve all your problems. You've still got to leverage right, the tried-and-true technology that you've had in place for 10, 10 years. You're still going to need it. Mm -hmm. right? You're still monitoring uh, your WAN right, for, for lateral traffic, still looking for right. those those anomalies that are within your network that, that may indicate there's a problem. Uh, you're still hunting across the enterprise looking for malicious activity that's that's not been active, right? That's somewhere embedded in your network. You're still hunting for those things, uh, either at the at the application or, or device level or through your analytics for your SIM, right? Those mm -hmm. all of that data, all of that traffic all of that activity still needs to be combed through and analyzed for, for threats or you're going to miss something important and bad things are going to happen and it's not going to be easy to recover from. It's not going to be cheap to recover from. So the more the more proactive time that our customers spend, uh, the better off they're going to be. Well, it seems too, Terry, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but given the, the, the points you are making at the top of the broadcast when we started talking and you were talking you know the number of petabytes of data that translates to that much more i as a hospital or a school or a manufacturer have to be able to do all the things you're talking about and i think that that's really become a a significant challenge you, you know you have the fortune group Right. The, uh, and arguably it's the Fortune 1000, 2000. Those guys, you know, the big ones, they've got the dough and usually make the investment. But I really feel for those organizations that are smaller. I went golfing with a couple of guys. They work for a local company. They've got 15 convenience stores uh, and then deliver fuel in the other side of, you know, kind of a two sided business. 400 employees and you could just tell from you know one round talking to the guy from it i mean his life is it's it's he struggles because mm -hmm. they just don't have the the expertise and the depth and they're not always you know aware of the capabilities and services frankly i think of somebody like you guys can offer them but it seems like that's where you really have a strong play is that is no, that that's true? A, you, you're exactly right and, and i had this talk this morning um with another individual uh a checkpoint individual oddly enough um around what companies are doing today in in this very discussion right so in your fortune 50 view right so those mm -hmm. top organizations they're they're running into to similar issues but in a different way they've got to find a way to motivate the people they have and keep them interested in in staying there so they're eliminating much of the daily grind right the screen uh, monitoring looking for threats doing sim and analytics right doing the simple macd's they're, they want out of that that yep. routine business they want somebody to take that over and they want to repurpose these really technical, highly valuable cyber guys and turn them loose, right? Yep. Go hunting. Go yep. find the bad guy. Find how it's working. You know, use use the skills that you've built up over the years and become a, a hunter, 
right? right? So that that's a very powerful conversation. Focus on user behavior. Focus on um, identity, right? Make sure that the individual that I'm looking at is is really the individual I'm looking at, right? Mm-hmm. So so those are the places those big fortune organizations are moving. The smaller companies are struggling even to get there, um, to even have that kind of focus. They've got, you know, a small staff. Let's say they've got a half a dozen, which I would find very large security staff for a a 400-person organization. Six people would be massive. Uh, Normally it's, you know. (laughs) Three, I think. Two guys. Yep, exactly. and, And one guy does all of the analytics as well as the firewall management. Yep. he's got so much work to do or she's got so much work to do. They'll, they'll never get to it. Exactly. Right? And it just falls off. Right. So it's like, do you keep your logs? Oh yeah. We keep all of them. Yeah. Where are they? We don't oh, do we got them with- up. Ha- yeah. Have you ever looked at them? No, <laughs> you don't, you know, we've, we've got them, but we don't do anything. That's because of the point again that you made earlier, look at the enormity of volume. Right. I mean, if they and if they're not sophisticated enough to be able to do some of the other basic things, they're certainly not going to have the tools. The simple uh, correlation of data is yeah. uh, in, of unstructured data. How do I bring all this data together? It comes in different formats, bring it into one right one tool. And, and for their part, it's probably a free tool uh, that they can you know download or pay a small fee every year. Uh, to use for their security analytics. I just want to check check that box for when the PCI uh, audit yeah. guy comes around. They can say that, yes, they do that. Uh, but they're truly not getting a lot of benefit from, from the activity, right? They're, yeah, they're trying exactly to keep, right. keep the doors open. Yeah, right? It's and, a checkbox, like you said. It's a checkbox. So, so AT&T and companies like AT&T are exactly what the, they should be looking for. Some of the take, take that lifting off of them and give them valuable insight into what's going on in their network. Yeah, I right? like you it. Do, and frankly, you do not want to be shut down. I, I liken it very similarly to cloud in terms of, you know, you, you could try to keep up with this massive digital transformation in your business and do it all on-prem, but you're, you're not. You're going to move to uh, the cloud. But in the same way th- that for them, it's going to be easier to go to you and, and have you augment so they can stay focused on their core business, I would think. There is nothing simple about moving to the cloud, right? <laughs> so, you know, our, our partners in those hyperscalers will tell you that's the easiest thing ever to move. And it may well be easy to put your data in the cloud and have great access to it. But everybody else has great access to it, too. Yeah. Right? So unless you take very specific steps to secure your cloud deployment, the way you access your cloud data, how you validate who it is that's accessing your cloud data, unless you take a very structured approach. Or what's accessing your data, right? I mean, mean, that's... Yeah. From where? And what are they doing with it? Yeah. Yeah. So it seems... And one of the things I learned, um, I met with a healthcare, large healthcare organization, and their their cloud strategy was was great. If it starts in the cloud, it stays in the cloud. They never bring cloud data back to the prem. It never crosses over again. 
So whoever they use that data or manipulate that data, they never bring it back into the enterprise. And I thought that's a really strong cloud strategy. So once they migrate an application or a function into one of those cloud environments, it never comes back. The data never comes back. They hmm. move in the entirety of that process off their infrastructure. So they know that they there's no legacy um, requirement to maintain something in the prem, mm -hmm. right? Where you have you know half in, half out of the cloud sphere. You're right. you're 100 moved. I thought that that strategy was brilliant, and mm -hmm. and I discussed it with other customers that if you're if you're really serious about that, you know this is this is the strategy. In my opinion, that that's the strategy to take. My question then is, do they make a point of making certain everything is going to work and function uh, complete so they can't, I mean, right? That, yeah. that would seemingly be something you'd have to do before you did it is to make sure you could get there. You'd hate to be. Again, there's no simple move to the cloud. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not simple. It takes a yeah. lot of heavy lifting, right? When you, when you look out on, you know, any of the career boards, you can see just how complex it is. And, you know, every other job posting is a cloud engineer, Yeah. right? moving customers, moving enterprises, moving governments to a cloud structure, right, where they have some, some ease and scale. Um, there is nothing easy about it. It's a very complicated process that takes yep. an enormous amount of skill and knowledge to do right. Yep, I agree. It's easy to do it wrong. Easy to do it, uh, which, which means, yes, easy to do it wrong. I guess I was uh, thinking back, remember the old days when you'd start to copy a file and it was a large file, maybe, you know, 500K <laughs> and it would take a while and then you'd get to the very end and it would give you an error volume full, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what I was saying, you know, you want to check out and make sure I can get that complete app and everything else up in there before you start that job. But I do agree. That's a good strategy. You know, and, and back to, you know, our specific topics around, around cyber, you know, cloud, cloud's an invaluable place uh, for the cyber organization. It gives you a container, right. That you can very specifically protect now instead of the shadow IT department, having your data distributed across the enterprise in places you you can't locate we know where all of it is right so it's it we find it easier as in protecting that infrastructure than potentially protecting the enterprise infrastructure just because we can now identify where the data lives mm -hmm. which is critical 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 to uh to a security policy so it's, it's been a good move for us in in the cyber profession uh, moving to the cloud has, has given us a lot of opportunity, right? So there's some, some big hurdles to jump early on, on, you know, how do we protect cloud infrastructure? Um, and then, you know, many of, uh, many of our partners to include Checkpoint, right, have solutions that help us uh, in that space mm. protect that cloud infrastructure. So let me shift the gear slightly, but I'm interested in hearing your thoughts, approaches, what you talk to your customers about, on zero trust because you know you and i both know it's not a product it, it's it's much much more than that maybe you can talk about that and maybe even also uh you can hit on sassy and it, 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 you know kind of where that's playing a role if you don't mind yeah so 
again, probably the single biggest topic in in any customer event today is the concept of zero trust and and how do they go about getting prepared to start their process, their journey, or identifying, right, if they've been implementing security controls for some time, where where are they? What can I what can I use that I've deployed already? What fits, what doesn't fit? So I use a very simple diagram. I use a tic-tac-toe drawing, right? So think of tic-tac-toe with nine boxes. Mm -hmm. The top three boxes, they represent the hyperscalers. So Google, Google, Azure, um, and AWS across the top. Through the center three boxes, I put the, the network environment, right? So your WAN, your MPLS network, the core backbone, right? Meaning all, all of our networks combined. And then the last box is the local local access. So whether that be a 5G connection, an internet connection, a broadband circuit, whatever that is. And then across the bottom are, are the enterprise elements, applications, IoT devices, uh, traditional enterprise laptop desktops, anything right. that you would find on, on the network. And all of the tic-tac-toe lines are thick enough where you can write in them. And, and then in those places, I write the controls necessary to protect that block from the adjacent block. They're, they all need to be segregated from each other. So whether that's a secure, secure web gateway, right? So between the cloud and uh, the WAN, you need a gateway of some kind. You can't, can't trust it to go direct on public infrastructure, right? Um, I would also say that you can't trust it to go direct on private infrastructure. I would recommend that you put controls there as well. So every box gets its own set of controls. And this is how I talk to different CISOs and, and CSOs around, do you have these kind of, of controls embedded in the environment? Do you have a control here? Do you have do you have network segmentation between your IoT devices and everything else on your network? Mm -hmm. If you don't flaw, right? Do you have segmentation in all of your cloud environments between between your different cloud deployments? If not, flaw, right? Do you have a cloud gateway between you and your partner? If not, flaw, mm -hmm. right? So you can walk through this tic-tac-toe slide or diagram and come up with, these are the places where you're deficient and these are the places where you're solid and you mm -hmm. don't need to spend a lot of time. And it, and it works pretty well. It gives them a very quick visual of, if I'm gonna go spend $10 on, uh, on a security investment, this is the place I'm gonna spend $10. When you talk about controls, you're talking about access, right? I mean, you're, 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 you're talking about uh, the different pieces that are able to successfully reach and communicate with the other pieces. If, right? I can, if I can stop something from happening, and I consider that a control. Right. Right. So if you if you try to get into a box but you can't authenticate, there's a control. If you try to get into a network uh, and you can't get through the firewall, that's a control. You try mm -hmm. to get to an endpoint but you can't get past the EDR, that's a control. Uh, so those uh, are the, the control elements. I, I heard a term access ops as 
something that we really need to move towards, something that really understands holistically, kind of in the same way Zero Trust looks at it all, you know, Access Ops looks at it all and, and, and looks much more holistically at access, which is, you know, you have, a, I mean, access requires an identity of some sort, <laughs> whether it's a function or a person, right? And uh, the subsequent control of getting uh, that that identity getting somewhere, right? I mean, that is the, the it, I, I was Absolutely talking to- Absolutely brilliant concept. You know, it, it, to me, it's right, it is, it is the single biggest element of the zero trust discussion, right? Do I, do my, does my device, does my application, does my environment have authority to be within, right? Have you authenticated yeah. that device, element, person, app, yeah. right? To ensure they, they are who they say they are. It, it yeah, is the single biggest things. thing we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's very hard to deploy holistically, as you pointed out, the identity of everything is what we're talking about. The identity of everything. Yep. Yep. And that's a, this is one of the things I've talked about with other folks, Terry, that I think is, it, it exacerbates why it is so challenging. And that is the only thing we know is what we know, right? I mean, what we've learned, what we've done. And many are, are saying, hey, wow, let's go to the cloud. And what do they take with them? What they know. And what they know is what they've done on premise forever. So they, they immediately want to just, oh, it's the same thing, right? It's just in Azure, not on-prem. So all of the prior knowledge, the previous experiences get applied, and that's not always the best approach, is it? I don't think so um, either, right? But, but what we do well, we've done before, right? So that's, that's how they're leveraging, you know, right. the, 20 years of experience they brought yeah. with them as a enterprise architect. Now I'm yeah. a cloud architect, but I really only know how to do it on the enterprise. I'm going to do it that same way, yeah. just in a cloud sphere, right? So yeah. it it gets them started, but it certainly doesn't finish the project for them. They've, they've got a bit of learning, a bunch of education, right? And they should, you know, in my mind, be leveraging uh, skill sets that have gone through this transformation Right, whether that be a consulting engagement, um, third-party resource, yep. right? Trying to find, uh, trying to find someone that you can pick up, right, as part of the team, yep. right? A great cloud resource. Yep. So just doing it the way we've always done it, it'll get you the same results you've always had. That's right. You know, and I tell you, I just every time I speak, I just spoke yesterday at this educational event uh, for Fierce Education, and my parting comment was find a partner because the speed and pace of the cloud and the the changes that are happening and the new technologies that are coming from as you call them the hyperscalers the the, the cloud providers you're not going to keep up no way no how find a partner you trust and really strengthen the relationship and 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 for me i'm a huge believer terry in the service model i mean to the point where i have slides that you know put up a water wheel on a river and say do you got one of these behind your building i'll bet not 
right? We got a meter on the side of our house or building and we pay the bill. And so much of, of how information technology has evolved is really best delivered as a service, including the protections and services I think you guys provide. It just really is, I, I believe, is ultimately going to prevail. And I think, I think there's in- a standardized DMARC between what's best served by a partner and what's best served internally. Right? I'm, I'm not an advocate of you give everything, you give everything away. Right? You have, mm-hmm. you have somebody do all of those things, right? I still do my own dishes, right? I don't have somebody come and wash my dishes. <laughs> but if I, you know, if I could outsource somebody mowing my lawn, I'd do that in a minute. Yeah. Right. So there are certain things that that I'm I'm still going to advocate that that customers do on their own right. that are service oriented, right? So like the hunting concept, I'm I'm a huge threat hunter uh, advocate. I think that's that is a critical critical tool that you have in your in your environment, you can you can go out and actively hunt down threats, but you've got to know your environment, right? So a third party would have a difficult time starting a getting to know your environment and b figuring out who owns all the different elements, right? So there's probably the, the heavier lifting is now that I found something, who do I call? But that's a right, so that's a brilliant trade off, it seems, right? For me to go and. So many of the services that you can provide enables me to take my best people and redeploy them and have them focus on the internal threat hunting, right? That, that's that's exactly what I tell uh, my customers is use your people the best the best way you can. It does you a couple of, a couple of things. You get to uplift that security engineer and bring them up the the technology food chain, mm-hmm. right? Teach teach them a very solid. Uh, technology skill that that they can apply within your environment keeps them challenged and uh, and passionate, right? Which is super yep. important in our space, yep. right? So it gives them all of that that bonus model that that we all want. We want to be challenged. We want to be passionate. We want to be useful, right? And versus looking at you know the screen, watching alerts pass by, <laughs> and you're really just picking out one red dot over another red dot and chasing it down. You know, is it a false positive? Is it a false negative? Did it really happen? Did it not happen? Make a few phone calls. And while you're out doing that, the stream never slows down. It never stops. Thousands of events have passed by, right? It's not a real valuable way to use your resources. They're very Mm -hmm. limited, very hard to find. And a fast burnout. The technology chain that everybody's happy, you get far more value out of them. Yeah. Yeah, fast burnout too, man. I mean, if you if that's what I'm doing every day, I mean, I, I had a slide where a guy's eyes would get all spinny and hair would burst into flames. Well, oddly enough, that's where most of us in the industry started. That's how we started in this industry, looking looking at the screen, trying to figure out what was going on. Some of yeah. us figured out early that uh, there wasn't a long lifestyle associated with staring at that screen. But if you wanted to do something else in this industry, you needed to go, go out and figure it out. Yeah. Good advice. Terry, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate. Well, I've uh, enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's taken us a while, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, great insights, too. And, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I would highly, highly, highly encourage you, uh, if you're struggling at all, 
with the myriad of challenges out there, moving to the cloud, securing your environment, definitely get a hold of Terry or somebody from his team because they really do an outstanding job. Uh, they're a great partner at Checkpoints, but I mean, they're just a class organization and, and uh, I think they do a, a fantastic job. Terry, thank you very much. I really appreciate you being on the program and we'll hopefully be able to get you to come back again in, in the future, okay? Yeah, I'd like that. Thanks a lot, Grant. Have a great day. Thank you very much, Terry. Ladies and gentlemen, we got another one in the books. This was a great one. Terry Hecht, lifer at AT&T. Great guy, really knows his stuff and has got an outstanding team uh, to help you secure your cloud and just about anything else IT related. So with that, thanks so very much. I appreciate you being here. Share it, tell your friends, and we'll look forward to having you back on the next episode of Talking Cloud. Yeah. Mm -hmm.